It's good to be back at Charity Missions this morning. I hate we missed Brother Dennis this morning, but I know what he's doing, and we're praying for him, and I know he's praying for me. I texted him this morning and told him we'd be praying for him and the meeting. Amen? And uh, I hate I missed out on Friday night. I heard it was good, and uh, then I, he called me family a while ago, but he didn't invite me to the eating last night. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad you had a good time in the Lord, amen. It's good to see you this morning. It's good to have my wife with me today. She doesn't normally get to come with me, but she got to come today, and I appreciate the Lord. Love her, amen. We're uh, May the 14th, it be 40 years, amen. And uh, <clears throat> we were talking to a good friend of ours this morning, Pastor Randy Thomas and uh, him and his wife, they were married on the same day that we were married on the year before us, and we were good friends with them, went to the same church with them for many years, and uh, we were talking with them this morning. We're having a, uh, a, a, a couple's thing at our church on, on March the 25th, no, February 25th, and uh, uh, we invited them to come, and <laughs> She said, yeah, he needs all the help he can get. Us. 40 years, amen. I still need help, amen. But uh, it, it's, it's been good, amen. God has blessed us. And, and, and honestly, if I could go back and change anything, I wouldn't change nothing. Amen. God's been good to us in the last 40 years of my life. And if the Lord calls me home today, I have no regrets, amen. And what God has done in my life, God has been richly, richly good to me, and I appreciate the Lord and love Him, and uh, thank God for what He did in my life. I love this church, Amen. I've said this often, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If I lived up this way, this is the church I'd go to. Uh, you can feel the Spirit of the Lord and the love of God, Amen. And Brother Dennis is just a, a tremendous man of God, and uh, thank you. And um, if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm just going to give you what I, they, they gave me one, but I left it down there. Thank you, uh, John. John chapter five. Do what now? There ain't nothing in it. <laughs> John chapter 5. I'm just going to give you what the Lord laid on my heart. And I hope it will help you and bless you this morning. John chapter 5. Do, do pray. I, I, I've, just get, I've been in revival uh, since January. I, it, it's January. We, we preached New Year's Eve. Uh, Saturday night went right in revival on Sunday. And preached all the way through Friday. Then the following week is in revival again, and I preached all the way to that Friday, and, and I got sick right in the middle of it, and uh, I just haven't really recovered from it fully, uh, but do, do, do continue to pray, church, and I, I appreciate it. John chapter 5, you know the story, beginning in verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and there at there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. 
when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case or in that condition, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man asked him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Father God, we want to thank you once again for the privilege that we have to call on your name this morning, Lord. God, I want to thank you for watching over us as we traveled up the road to be in the house of the Lord this morning. God, I, I thank you, Lord, for the folks here at Charity Missions, Lord. And God, we ask you to touch them and bless them. Keep your hand upon this church, Lord. God, we do pray for Brother Dennis this morning. Lord, as he's starting off the revival meeting there, God, I pray you'll touch, Lord, our brother this morning, God, and bless that meeting there this week, Lord. God, we do ask you this morning. God, uh, to help. I know you you know every need here this morning, God. You know every situation and, uh, Lord, and everything that's going on, God. And, Lord, we pray that you would move and may your will be done. And, uh, Lord, here this morning, God, we ask you, Lord, to touch uh, your people, God. We pray for this nation this morning. Uh, God, we all know when we look around, uh, God, the condition that our nation's in today, Lord. And, God, we pray for those that do not know you in the free pardon of sin, God, may this be the day. Lord, you said today's the day of salvation. Uh, God, Lord, now's the accepted time. And Lord, we pray for those that, uh, that have not been saved. And Lord, that you would move. And uh, I'm glad you're still in the saving business, Lord. And God, we pray this would be the day that they would come to know Christ. God, we pray for those that have gotten out of church. Uh, Lord, those that have left the Father this morning. God, wherever they are, whatever's going on in their life. God, I pray that you would move in their heart and they would realize exactly where they are and where they need to be this morning, God. And Lord, we ask you to move now, God. Lord, help this man, God, I pray. Lord, you would touch me, God, I need your help, Lord, that your word will go forth, do exactly what needs to be done. And Father, we'll thank you and God, we'll praise you for what you do in Jesus' name and all of God's people saying, Amen. I want to preach on this thought. I heard this back, it was on New Year's Eve night. Some of you, you know Brother Levi Worley, he's a young man out of our church, and he preached along the lines of what I'm going to preach tonight, or this morning, and and he... He brought out something that I had never really seen before. And I said, if you don't mind, I'm going to use that. Uh, and he said, preacher, you go ahead and use it all you want to. I, I, want to, I want to preach on this thought, some places that you don't have to go back to. Some places you don't ever have to go back to. Uh, when we get to the Bible here, and the Bible talks about this man that's laid at the pool of Bethesda. It's in John chapter 5, and, and, and when you study this out, there's five porches that they're laid out there that all these, the Bible says impotent folks, uh, a man uh, that needed help here at this pool. And that word impotent, the meaning of that word is this, unable to take effective action, helpless or powerless. Uh, and this man was no doubt in that condition. A man, uh, he tried, he tried many times. Uh, hey, I don't know, ha- has anybody ever watched those series of movies that are coming out in The Chosen? 
Is anybody in here? If you haven't, you need to. And, and watch the one about this man by the pool of Bethesda. And you really get a visual of what took place. Uh, amen. Uh, on that day, that man laid there. We don't know. He, he was in that condition, the Bible says, for 38 years. And it doesn't say how long he laid at that pool. But we do know he was there a long time. And no doubt this man, uh, the Bible said, he's one of those impotent folks. Uh, amen. Unable, ineffective. Uh, uh, to help himself in his condition. Uh, uh, no doubt he tried. And if you watch that movie, you'll find out it, it shows this man laying there and his legs don't work. And, and there's that pool of water out there and all these porches were, uh, where they laid. And, and this man, every time he tried, uh, it showed him he would get down on his elbows and, and try to drag himself to that pool. But right when he got to the Water, the Bible, or the, the movie showed that somebody, just like the Word of God, would step over in front of him. It, it showed him one time, he, he actually got down and he rolled. He actually tried to roll himself because of his condition. But right when he got to the, the steps there, the, it showed somebody else stepping over in front of him at that pool. And, and I thought about that. And, and this being a picture, watch this, a type of salvation in the Word of God. Uh, there at the, uh, the, the Bible in John chapter 5, why, why, why wasn't this recorded in, in another chapter? Why was it John chapter 5? Why, why does it say five porches? Why couldn't there have been three porches or two porches or just one porch? But it specifically says five. And, and five in the Bible, that number is a number of grace. Uh, amen. And there this man lays. Uh, amen. With no help. Uh, uh, the Bible says, amen, that there was nobody there to put him into this water. And, and, and watch this. Uh, amen. Because this is where we are this Sunday morning. This is the, the place where a lot of people are right now lost people exactly where we were before Jesus came amen helpless could not help ourselves could not save ourselves as a matter of fact I had nobody amen to help me before I got saved amen there was nobody we were ineffective and could not in no way help ourselves in the condition that we were in and I begin to look at this picture amen that the Lord is painting here at this man by the pool of a Bethesda as he tries to get in this water he, he rolled and he scooted and he done everything that he could hey man but watch this it was to no effect hey man you know why because you cannot save yourself I don't care how you try hey man you can try turning over a new leaf you can try all these things hey man but you cannot save yourself this man laid there hey man and no doubt he's lonely he's sad. He said, I have nobody. He's bitter. Amen. Uh, he blamed everybody around him for his condition. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you watch Chosen, you'll find out. Now, it, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but it shows uh, that he had a brother and his brother came to see him uh, right prior to Jesus showing up. Uh, and it shows, he said, where have you been? Why didn't you come and see me? And he said, I, I didn't come because I was embarrassed. I didn't come because I was ashamed of uh, that you were my brother in this condition. And, and no doubt this man was bitter. No doubt, uh, hey man, that, that he felt like nobody cared about him. And that's exactly the way people around us are feeling right now. That nobody cares. There's no hope. There's no help. 38 years he's in this condition. And those around him, those that are closest to him, 
could not help him and would not help him. And I noticed this. Now watch this. Because I'm preaching along the lines of some places you never have to go back to. When we get to the Word of God and Jesus comes and, and the Bible says that the, that the Lord shows up at this man by the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus asked him a question. He said, what will thou have me to do? What do you want from me? Is what he asked him. But he didn't ask him, did he need money? He didn't ask him, did he need his power bill paid? He just simply asked him in this, script, in this verse, Jesus said, what will thou have me to do? And I like the next verse because here's what gets me. In the very next verse, the Bible says when Jesus saw him and knew that he'd been this way, and he asked him, what will thou have me to do? Will thou be made whole? The impotent man said, Sir, I have no man, nobody to help me. As a matter of fact, there's nobody to put me in this pool while I'm coming and other steps down before me. And here's what gets me is what Jesus says next. Jesus looked at him and he says, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. Why did he say that? Why did Jesus say that? Why, why couldn't he just say, Arise and leave? <laughs> Arise. Go away. Why did he specifically tell him to take up that bed? Because Jesus wanted him to know that when he leaves here, He's never coming back. Amen. You don't have to go back to the pool this morning. Amen. Take up that bed. Amen. And walk away from here because you don't ever have to come back down here. Amen. That is a picture and a type of salvation. Amen. And did you know this morning that when the Lord saves you, you know where He saved you from? The pool. You say, preacher, I wasn't at that pool. I, I haven't never been. To... Oh, yeah, you were. Amen. You ever heard this statement made? He's in a cesspool of sin. Do you really know what that is? Do you know what the cesspool is? Let me tell you what the cesspool is. It's that holding tank out there in your yard that they put right before the septic tank. It's that thing that catches all the nastiness, uh, the, all the filth, all the ungodliness, amen, uh, that comes out of your house, uh, amen, before it ever gets to the, to the, to the septic tank, it's the cesspool, uh, and it catches all that waste and all that filth and all that nastiness, uh, and when somebody says, uh, that boy's living down there, he's in a cesspool of sin, uh, amen, that's exactly where we were when the Lord Jesus Christ found us and saved us and forgives us and brings us up, amen, and brings us out of it and says you don't ever have to go back to the pool, amen. I'm glad this morning, aren't you, that we don't have to go back to that pool, that place, amen, where he found us, that place, amen, of ungodliness, that place we laid out there, amen, in sin and we wallowed in sin and we couldn't help ourselves. Oh, but thank God. Jesus came by one day. Amen. Amen. And he found you there. Lost. 
Tried everything you could do, but it wasn't any help. Amen. Find yourself back down there again, time after time after time after time. You'd be right back down there. But when Jesus came, and Jesus brought you out of it, and Jesus does what only He can do, amen, and He tells you now, you don't ever have to go back to that pool. I'm glad 40 years ago, amen, 40 years ago, thank God I don't have to go back to that place. I know what I was and I know where I was when the Lord came and found me. And I'm glad this morning, amen, to report to you that you don't have to go back to that place, amen. I know there's people went back. I, I, I know there's people, amen, that have gone back, but you don't have to. Amen. You don't have to. Jesus says, right. Why? Get your bed and leave. You don't ever have to come back down here. By the way, if you watch Chosen, I really do like these things. And if you watch it, you'll see that the man picks up that mat, rolls it up, puts it on his arm, and he's running out of there. And guess who sees him? The Pharisees and his brother. His brother's out there in the market. His brother's out there talking. And he'd been laying in there all that time. Wouldn't go in there to help him. Wouldn't go in there to try. Only went in there because uh, that day, amen, he, he came to talk to him. And he said, why didn't you come? And, 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 and there he was. He went running. The Pharisees saw him running. <laughs> and you know the rest of that story, what they did. And Amen. And and then his brother saw him and his brother went running to him and said, I can't believe how how did this happen? What's going on? And he says, I don't know. I just know a man showed up and told me to take up my bed and rise and, and walk out of here. Hey, man, uh, listen, I'm glad the Lord is still in the saving business this morning. And, and don't you dare give up on them. I don't care who they are, how far down in sin they live. Hey, man, there's a God up in heaven. Hey, listen, if God can save me, God can save anybody. Amen. Well, we gave up on them a long time ago. Uh, hey, man, there's no help for them. There's no hope for them. Uh, hey, is that what they said about you? But look where you are this morning. Amen. Why? Because Jesus came to the pool. Amen. And brought you out of it. Amen. That you don't ever have to go back to the pool. It's a type of salvation. Jesus comes and He changes you. Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, He's what? A new creature. Old Things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new now. And He gives you a new beginning. He gives you a new life. Amen. Only God can do that. You don't have to go back to the pool. But watch this. You don't have to go back to the prison either. Amen. You don't have to go back to the prison. Uh, This man was held in captivity. He was held in bondage exactly where we were before God came. Hey man, we were held in bondage by Satan. We were held in bondage by sin. We've been held in bondage by self. Amen. But aren't you glad there's a chain breaker this morning? Aren't you glad there's one this morning? I don't care how many chains you carry. I don't care how far and how long you've been bound. Hey man, there's a God up in heaven, y'all, that can break the chains this morning. Amen. Thank God this morning we read. We know 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. What about 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17? Where the Bible says, Now the Lord is a spirit, and there, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? 
liberty. There's freedom. Hey man, thank God we don't have to go back to the prison. Hey man, I'm glad He brought me out. And I'm glad He broke the chains. Hey man, that I don't ever have to go back and be shackled by sin and be shackled by shame and be shackled by Satan. We don't have to, church. Why? Because He has set us free. And the Bible says if the Son has set you free, you're free indeed. Amen. Then we don't ever have to go back to that place that we're bound by sin. No, He gave you power. He gave you power to overcome sin. Amen. That we can say no to Satan now. Get thee behind me, devil. Amen. Get thee behind me, Satan. Amen. We don't ever have to go back to that place. Amen. Where we're shackled in sin anymore because Jesus came. Amen. I'm glad He came. Watch this down. And when He came, the Bible says Jesus came. Amen. And He can heal your broken heart. He can come, amen, and bring you out of that horrible pit. And it was the psalmist David that cried in Psalms 40 and verse 1. He said, I cried unto the Lord. And He inclined His ear and heard my cry. And brought me up and out of that horrible pit. That pit of sin, that cesspool that we lived in. Amen. I was ungodly, wicked, vile, mean. But aren't you glad there's a, a God that comes by, amen? When you've been, and there's people all around us right now, y'all. I, Brother Beardy said this morning that he's never been addicted to alcohol or anything like that. I wish I could stand up here and say I haven't been, but I have. I was. I was, amen, until he came. I know, I remember what it was 40 years ago when she came. I remember how I was 40 years ago when I met her. Hey man, I couldn't help myself and I couldn't save myself and I, I didn't want to live like that. I didn't want to be that way. And I'm glad somebody introduced me to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm glad somebody invited me to church. I'm glad I met Him. Amen. That came into my life. And thank God He came. And He set me free. That I don't ever, thank God, have to go back to that prison. And we need to let this world know, y'all, there is hope and there is help. And it ain't in a five-step program. Amen. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Have we forgot the power that God has? Amen. He broke the chains. Amen. He's a chain breaker. Thank God. He's a pain taker. Amen. He can heal your broken heart and He can break the chains of all the darkness. Amen. I don't care who they are or what they are. Amen. There's a God. There's a God. Amen. We're living in a society now and I'm afraid it has forgotten who Jesus is. Amen. I'll tell you who he is. He's the man that showed up at the pool. Amen. He's the man that said, Arise, take up your bed. You don't have to come back down here anymore. You don't have to live like that anymore. There is hope and there is help in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we need to let this world know that man left there and he began to tell the, that religious crowd came and said it ain't lawful for you to be, this, to be done on, on the Sabbath day amen and this man who did this he said I don't know all I know is he came and he showed up amen and told me to take up my bed and walk and here I am 
40 years later, bless God. It ain't just a one-week thing, y'all. Amen. It ain't just a one-month program. I'm telling you, it's been 40 years. Amen. No alcohol. No drugs. Thank God this morning when Jesus does it, He does it right. Amen. You don't have to go back. Jesus broke the chains. Amen. And you don't have to go back to that place. You don't have to go back to that prison. You don't have to go back to that pool. Oh, watch this. You don't have to go back to the pew. Preacher, what do you mean? Two years, Beardy. Two years. I got saved and I sat on that pew. And I heard my poor pastor get up there and tell us, the field's white and ready for harvest, but the labors are few. I heard him get up there and preach on people dying and going to hell all around us. And, it, and, and he would tell us, but Jesus has said to go into highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that his house will be full. For two years I sat on that pew. For two years I heard that and I, and I listened to him, but I wouldn't do anything. Until God began to work on my heart. I remember when they were having elections and Brother Chris, they, they needed somebody to teach them teenagers and my pastor came to me and he said, Brother Richard, he said, we, we've been praying and he said, I met with the board and we need somebody to go down there and teach them teenagers and he said, we think you'd be a good teacher. And I said, no, not me. I don't know enough for the Bible. They know more than I do because they did. He said, but will you pray about it? And the more I began to pray about it, the more God was telling me to do it. So I quit praying about it because God was telling me to do it. And he, and he, he said, I'd go to church. He said, are you praying about it? No. Just pray. Just pray and ask God what He wants you to do. And the more I prayed about that thing, and I knew God wanted me to go down there in that class and teach that class. And when I finally gave up, finally surrendered to that, went down there and started teaching these teenagers. Her, her sister was one of them. Donna and Steve Nations and all these that we know now that have grown up and got kids came out of that class. They would already be having church upstairs and we'd still be down there because these teenagers were getting saved in that class. And it all started because somebody just gave in and and gave in to the Lord and, and what God wanted them to do. And, and I'm just telling you this morning, amen, when God gives you something to do, hey, listen, you don't ever have to go back. To, I don't ever want to have to go back and sit down on God again, amen. I don't ever want to go to that place, amen, that I just come into church and, and sit down and say, I've done my time. We ain't done our time, amen. No, there's still work to do. Hey, man, at least if he was done with us, he would have come and God would say, man, but he ain't come. Why? Because he ain't done. Hey, man, there's still work to do. You don't have to go back to the pew. Beardy just keeps singing. Amen. Just, just get up off the pew and do something for him that done everything for you. Hey, Amen. When's the last time you prayed?
Lord, what do you want me to do? Benny, I'll never forget, it was right in the middle of that first two years I was teaching that class down there, and that class was growing, and I mean, and we had 13, 14, and 15 teenagers in that class, and they was all getting saved, and I didn't know what to do, and then God called me to preach, I didn't want to preach. I didn't know what to do about it. Amen, I didn't. I, sat, I told her and I told her daddy and I told my pastor. And everybody said, pray about it. You better pray about it. What do you think I've been doing? I've been praying. But when you get serious with God, I'm telling you, God will get serious with you. I remember getting in my prayer closet and getting in there by myself and God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Forty years later, I'm still going wherever He wants me to go, doing whatever He wants me to do, saying whatever He wants me to say. I'm glad I don't ever have to go back to that pew and sit down and not ever do anything for Jesus. Who done it all for me? I've known them. I've watched them. I've seen them. I've seen God bless people. I've seen God use people. And I can't understand why. Why do you just go sit back down on a pew and not do anything for the Lord? I wouldn't be here had it not been for Him. You wouldn't either. Amen. And listen, it's not, he's, all, he's not going to ask you anything that you can't do. I promise you. Amen. If you'll just surrender your will to God's will this Sunday morning and say, God, here I am. Thank you for bringing me from the pool. Amen. Thank you for breaking the chains and the prison I was in. I was bound in sin. Thank you, Lord. Amen. What do you want me to do? And I promise you, he's going to get you off that pew. And give you something to do. Now, everybody can't preach. Everybody can't sing. Everybody can't teach. But everybody can pray. You can't witness. And by the way, I can't tell your story like you can. I can't tell it the way you can. Now, I can tell people that, that Chris got saved. You'll see that boy. I mean, that boy preached one of the best messages I've ever heard preached on hell's more than just a cuss word. Have y'all, have y'all listened to it? Whew, that's powerful. But I can't tell how he got saved like he can tell how he got saved. Nobody can. Nobody can tell it like you can. But... I do believe he expects you to tell. Our pastor preached one of the greatest messages I've ever heard, and it was so simple. And and he preached out of Mark and and Luke, and where you remember John the Baptist and and John's in prison, and, and and he tells his disciples, Go ask Jesus, do we need to look for another one? And in Luke's gospel, he said, in Matthew's gospel, he says, Go, go, tell him of the things you have seen and what you have heard. That the lame's being healed and the blind being healed, and you go, go tell him. But when you get to Luke's gospel, and, and, and the same thing, Luke records it different. 
One, he says, you go tell them. And then in Luke's gospel, he says, you go show him. Because in Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 9, the boy was raised from the dead at the city of Nain. And the lepers are being cleansed. And he says, you go show him. And I believe they were taking that boy with them. I believe he took the blind man. I believe he took the the, the, deaf, the, the, the boy that died. I believe he took all the leper that was cleansed. He said, you go show him, amen. In other words, in one he says tell, and the other he says show. It's show and tell time, amen. It's time for us to go out there and show this world and tell this world that Jesus saves y'all. It ain't time to sit on a church pew. It ain't time, amen, that we come in. I preached a message one time, missing heaven, by the first message I ever preached in our church. 37 years ago. And I titled it, Missing Heaven by 18 Inches. And some of them thought it was from the pew to the floor. Now you're not missing heaven from the pew to the floor. Some of them thought it was the altar. It's 18 inches from the floor to... Nope, that ain't it. They were saying all kind of stuff. Well, it must be 18 inches in front of the person beside you. No, that ain't it. Missing heaven by 18 inches. The average man's heart from his brain is 18 inches. A lot of people's got a head knowledge of who Jesus is. But they never have a heart knowledge. And if you ever get him in here, it'll get you up off of this and put you out there. I don't ever, ever want to go back to that pew and sit down and not do nothing for the man that did everything for me. See, you don't have to. You don't ever have to go back to that pool, y'all. That place of sin suffering, shame. You don't have to go back there. You don't have to go back to that prison. You don't have to go back to that place where you're bound by Satan, bound by sin. You don't have to go back there. And you sure don't have to go back there. Just come in, sit on church. And here's what happens when you start doing that. All you're doing, all you're doing it's going through the motions. And there's more to church than that. Amen. You don't ever have to go back to the pew. Can I end with this this morning? You don't ever have to go back to your past. My past haunted me. It seems like, many every time I try to do something for the Lord, the devil always threw it up. Every, every time you try to do good, the devil's always throwing something up, throwing he passed up, amen. But I finally nailed that thing down one day when Paul said, I, I'm, not re- I'm not looking back, I'm reaching forth to the prize, the high calling of Christ Jesus. We don't have to go back. Amen. He, by the way, what we need to do is remind that devil this morning that God forgave us of our past. Amen. God forget, and God don't even remember it. God's not going to throw it up. So why in the world do we get all bent out of shape 
when the devil tries to throw our past up. How, how can you be? How can you get up and praise know what you did? He'll do it every time. He'll do it every time. But aren't you glad there's a Savior that has forgiven you of all your wrongs, of all your sins, of all your failures, and you don't have to live in your past. Some people just need to get over their past. There's people sitting on church pews right now that, that can't get over what happened 20 years ago. Still living in the past. I'm glad this Sunday morning I don't ever, ever have to go back to my past. God's gave me a future. Amen. Amen. And by the way, if you'll, when the devil comes knocking on your door, if you'll just remind him of his future, when he's trying to remind you of your past, he'll leave you alone. Devil, all that might be true, but there was a God that came one day and he saved me and he forgave me and he cleansed me. And just let me remind you, Satan, what he says is going to happen to you one day. And I promise you that old devil will leave you alone. I didn't say he wouldn't come back because he's going to come back. You just keep reminding him that there's some places that you don't ever have to go back to. I don't have to go back to that pool. As a matter of fact, I don't want to go back to that pool. Specifically said, take up the, why didn't he just say, get up and walk? He wanted him to know there's some places you don't have to go back to. You don't have to live in prison, y'all. You don't have to be bound by sin. You don't, there's, and I I understand, and I know sometimes it is hard, but God can, y'all, if you give it to him. If you give it to him. Amen. I know people right now that are sitting on church pews living a miserable life. Because they never really give it all to God. Amen. While we stand this morning, they get us a song. That's what God laid on my heart. Some places I don't ever have to go back to. Forty years later. Amen. And by the way, they, they said when I got saved, it wouldn't last six weeks. It won't last long with old Richard. He'll be right back down here with us. God made a liar out of them. Amen. My heads are bowed and eyes are closed and they're already coming. You need to come. If you don't do anything this Sunday morning, you ought to come to an altar and thank God that he brought you out of that place you was in. Say, thank you, Lord, that I'm not living at the pool anymore. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not bound by sin. They're still coming. You need to come. That I'm not bound by sin anymore. Thank you, Lord, for the work you gave me to do. And listen, if you're here this Sunday morning and you sat back down on that pew, you ought to come and ask him to help you. To get back off that pew because the field's still white. The field is still ready. It's ready for harvest. There's souls that still need to be saved. We just need to spend some more time in the field. God, would you help me to do more for you? Father God, we love you this morning. God, would you help us today? There's a word I turned out and going to heaven.
Lord, I'm glad you came to that empty man when he couldn't help himself, Lord. And, and Lord, he, he couldn't do anything to change his ways. I'm glad you came. Lord, I'm glad you came to where I was. I could not. I couldn't change. I tried, but I'm glad you came. And you made a difference in my life. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to go back to that pool. That place of ungodliness, that place of nastiness and filth. Thank you, Lord, that you broke the chains. That I'm not living in bondage this morning, Lord, and I don't have to. Because you gave us power to overcome. We don't ever have to go back to that pew. Lord, I don't ever want to sit down. I don't ever want to sit down on a pew and not do anything. 